I'm Romy Newman, the co-founder and president of Fairy God Boss, and this is Fairy God Boss Radio. This season of Fairy God Boss Radio is brought to you by Cisco, the worldwide leader in IT networking and cybersecurity solutions. Cisco is deeply committed to inclusion and diversity because without diversity thought and a commitment to equality, there's no moving forward. Cisco was voted a top company for women by its female employees on Fairy God Boss. Today, I'm joined by Carmen O'Neill, who's head of raw materials purchasing for Continental Tires. Carmen, I'm so excited to have you here today. Thanks for joining me. I'm thrilled to be here, Romy. I think what you're doing here is spectacular. So happy to be part of it. Thank you. So Carmen, tell us about your career journey and how you've risen through the ranks in the automotive industry. So uh, I've actually had um, a rather varied route of life experiences that have brought me to where I am today. I was actually born and raised in South Africa. In you have a great a- accent. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It comes and goes. Sometimes it's American. Sometimes it's South African. Depends on who I'm speaking to. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I live in the coastal, uh, born in the coastal town of Port Elizabeth. And, and I came to the U.S. in uh, 1999 with my husband, who was originally from the U.S., but spent uh, almost a decade in South Africa. And we came over with some cash and two suitcases each and the American dream. And we traveled for three months. And when we ran out of cash, we chose to start afresh in, in, in North Carolina. And it's, it's where we remain today. But I have to take you back a little bit more. And I need to take you back to when I was a little girl, basically, in school in South Africa. And my mom, who is a very wise lady, she actually put me into drama classes in theater. She also actually put me into dance classes, but at 5'11", I was like a baby giraffe trying to figure out. <laughs> so that abruptly came to an end, but the, the theater part stayed with me, and it really resonated with me and, and stayed with me through school and through college, and I loved being on stage, and I think it gave me a level of confidence of being in front of an audience, speaking, and... I love this because I didn't think a career in drama was going to be on the journey to be the head of purchasing at at an automotive corporation. So I love it. So go on. Very, very random. Absolutely. But I think that's where confidence came into it and being in rooms with high level people and negotiating and and really having that that sense of self that I could sit there and, and engage And then when I got into college, I I studied law and I studied business management and I thought I'd become a big corporate attorney. But then I realized that I was limited with uh, having a law degree from South Africa and I wouldn't be able to travel abroad. Mm. And so I focused then on the business and the business management side of it. And then when I left school, I became a management trainee at an automotive supplier in my hometown. And through there, the training program put us into, into various functions and, and sort of let us get our feet wet and, and determine where we found our niche. And purchasing is what really connected with me at that point. So I accepted a position in purchasing. Can you say that. what about it connected with you? So it's about building relationships and it's about working with people and understanding people and understanding their needs. And it's, it's really the opposite side of the coin from sales. They both have a sales function to them. One you're selling internally and the other one you're selling externally. And and it's actually funny because that's one of the steps in my career that I took in leaving purchasing and then going into a sales function and seeing the other side of the desk. And they're both very similar. And it's connecting with people and being able to, to represent yourself, but then also represent them. So it takes a lot of understanding and, and, and observation. 
So when I moved to the U.S. in 2001, she joined a communications company and unfortunately was a victim of the dot-com bust. Oh, no. Yeah, so I ended up being laid off from that company along with 80% of their workforce. So that was an experience? Oh, it was, and, you know, and, I, and I'm definitely not ashamed to admit it because it was devastating at the time, but it probably helped define me and who I am as a person today because it taught me that I really, I have to be ready for anything. You can't let your wheels come off and you can't take things personally either. And right, right. You, you, you can't let one bad experience dictate who you are or, or what you do going forward. So, so true. Yeah. And so then I got back into the automotive world and started with the position in, in Continental Tire. Uh, and that's really, really when I started settling into my career and really through networking, observing, learning, asking for a seat at the table. Uh, I've had some, some inspirational, let's call them champions along the way. So now I head up our raw material purchasing and I lead a diverse team throughout the region and we do strategic sourcing, we do operational procurement, we're negotiating multi-million dollar deals. It's very exciting and I'm super thrilled to be back with Continental who the leading edge of technology and people development. It sounds like you are in a just right place for you and you're very fulfilled and that is the ideal, right? Absolutely, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So I have to ask you about gender. I mean, they're sitting around the executive tables at major automotive companies. There aren't traditionally a lot of women, right? So what has it been like climbing the ranks as a woman in the automotive industry? You know, Romy, this is, this is sort of a tough question for me to answer because uh, you're right. It's automotive, it's traditionally a, a male-dominated environment. And especially being on the business and the numbers side of it, it's even a little more male-dominated than maybe some other functions. And, and really, I'm up through the ranks in embracing my own style and ways. And it's hard to say how the males have influenced me because, honestly, when I walk into a room or a meeting or a negotiation, if I'm the only woman at the table, I don't think of myself as the only woman at the table. Um, That's great. Yeah, I think of, yeah. And I know that may sound a little bit strange and there probably was a time that I did. But well, I think it takes a lot of confidence. Yes. And I think it takes a concerted effort to also think of these are my colleagues. These are my peers, you know, whether I'm, I'm at the table with the CEO or whoever I'm there with, these are peers, these are colleagues. It's funny you ask that because I've actually had um, more men point out that I'm the only woman in the room than I actually thought about it myself. So, you know, and, and I think part of what I've done is I've, I've never tried to act like a man. And we're women. Right. right. We're right. different. <laughs> we're okay. unique. We have so much that we can bring to the table. And, you know, and I think by virtue of that difference, we just, we bring a different approach. We bring a different value. And I think we have to believe and the impact that we can have on our organizations by being who we are and, and bringing that maybe more nuanced or maybe a more subtle approach. But it certainly doesn't make us less effective. And I'd actually argue that it can make us more. So let's talk about uh, then how you were able to find mentors or sponsors. If the ranks above you were predominantly male, I think a lot of women feel like if I can't find a woman to sponsor me, it's going to be harder. How did you work within that? 
Coming up um, through my career, being in the automotive world, there were not a lot of female sponsors, female mentors available. I certainly have had these in my environment, in my team, you know, as colleagues. And, you know, and I think it comes to observing and, and watching and learning. But you can do that just as, just as well from, from male colleagues as you can from female colleagues. So, Important yeah. point to make, yes. Absolutely, absolutely. And so I've never had a formal mentor, whether it be female or male. And so I think if I bring it back to being a child, I'm one of six children. I have four sisters and a brother. And so a lot of what I learned in how to engage with folks, we got from my mom. She's really shaped who I am today. And, and You smile when you talk about her. <laughs> I don't get to see her very often, unfortunately, but uh, she's still in South Africa. But uh, yeah, she taught her girls to be strong, considerate, the value of hard work, not to wait for anything, to go out and get it. You know, we, nobody's going to give it to you. So that's the approach I've taken. Yeah, but that being said, I've, I've had some, some very good managers. I've had some not so good managers and I've learned from both which I think is important as well. And then, you know, my friends and, and my family and work colleagues and, and team members, I think we can all take lessons from, from the people around us. And I do that by watching and listening and observing and analyzing. So why I feel so important to mentor and to champion women today, because I didn't have that. And it, it can be done, but it's always easier if you, if you have that sponsor, that champion. So it, that's a, a passion of mine today. And so now how do you think about passing the hand back? Now that you're so established, are you helping to mentor other women? I absolutely do. You know, and, and I'm so fortunate to be with Continental. We really do embrace developing our employees. Um, I don't know if you know this, Romy, but we've actually been recognized by Forbes as uh, one of America's best workplaces for women. It's awesome. So, it's yeah. something to be so proud of. We're, we're super excited about that. And we have programs. We have work flexibility programs such as parental leave and telecommuting and sabbaticals and part-time work, remote work. Well, I think we're all mostly remote working nowadays. Um, for sure. But we also have targeted development programs for female executives. You know, we have cross-talking and formal mentoring programs now, and I like to get in on that as uh, possibly can. And we have a women's network. We sponsor the Society of Women's Engineers. And so we're very, very active in that space as an organization. And I personally try to sponsor and, and mentor as much as I can as well, whether it's, you know, officially or on an unofficial basis. Love and, it. And I think it is important to help as a mentor. Nobody's going to give you what you want. I think what we need to do is we give a hand up and a hand out. That's right. And sometimes it's just doing what you're doing now, which is explaining what you did and what you saw. So to that point, here's the hard question. Could you tell us about a mistake you made along the way and what did you learn? I have made no mistake. No, I'm, I'm absolutely joking. Of course, we all make mistakes. <laughs> I'd rather really not talk about one particular case, but maybe sort of an overarching theme that I had early on in my career. And maybe it resonates with some of the listeners. So early on in my career, I, I would encounter situations that were a little lopsided and maybe a little bit prejudiced. So looking back at that point, I don't believe that I stood up enough for myself or for others. Interesting. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think it's that I was shy. I just think I didn't feel comfortable or I didn't think it was my place to do so. Hmm. I, maybe I feared retribution. Yeah. Or you're right. You thought it wouldn't be an optimal outcome. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And so it, it took a lot of reflection over the years and a really a concerted effort to take that stronger stand uh, when an unfair situation arises. And I think it comes back to being that champion, right? Of that support to know that you're not alone. Right. And I also learned that there's an effective way to stand up to bias as well. And you focus on the facts, you address the situation tactfully and directly, and then you move on. Exactly. I think that's really smart, all in all. And remember that when you see situations that contain bias, you really can advocate for yourself and many others, and that there's a way to bring it up that it isn't shocking or relationship killing. It's just an observation and you move on. Absolutely. Great. So you alluded to this earlier, but we are all working from home. (laughs) And this has been a very strange and difficult and sad year. How are you managing in this new environment? How are you adapting to virtual work? And how are you thinking about kind of managing work-life balance when work is at home? So, uh, yeah, this this year, I think if anybody had asked me a year ago what this year would bring, uh, out of all of the answers I could have given, this would not have been it for sure. So many people have had their worlds just turned upside down. Um, you know, life plans canceled and delayed. And I think it's so important to keep looking forward and just realizing that this isn't permanent. And I think there's a lot of fear of the unknown as well. Nelson Mandela once said that courage is not the absence of fear, but it's the triumph over it. And I think that's easier said than done. Um, how, How do you live that? And really what I try to do is I try not to focus on what I can't control because I think that's some of what spurs the fear or encourages yeah. us. This and there's so much we control. can't control right now. Absolutely. So I try to focus on what I can control and not what I can't or what I can't influence. And you know, maybe that's what I choose to eat or <laughs> right, <laughs> which right. is a lot of chocolate nowadays. Me too. Um, <laughs> maybe it's what my home workout routine looks like or what kind of information I'm sharing with my team. Um, and then I also, I find it important to step away from whatever is creating the turmoil in the moment, super important to step away. And I'll go sit outside and listen to the birds, listen to the wind, whatever it takes to just get some perspective again and, and, and be able to come back fresh and with a new mind. And I also like to take photographs. So wow. that, yeah, so that's something that um, it really takes my mind off of everything else. I love that. But, and an interesting tidbit I learned when we were preparing is that where does your husband work? So he actually also works at Continental. So you really have work at home and home at work anyway, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Although I will say there are days when he'll come out of his office, I'll come out of mine and we'll say, how was your day? Which I feel super privileged because of that. But we also don't have children. You know, in seeing what colleagues and friends are going through as they try to balance work and life and children and and it's really it's it's not easy I take my hats off to anybody that has to do that and absolutely the folks that i see coping i, I think they're the ones that have a good community around them i think that's community. right it, it takes a village right absolutely yeah yeah community of friends family colleagues neighbors i think that's the secret to success and i, I encourage anyone to go out and create a community and invite someone else to join it. I think it might, uh, you might make the difference in their lives too. That's right. All right. I'm going to get into the fun questions now, Carmen. You ready? Let's go. Yeah, I'm ready. What is your favorite karaoke song? <laughs> so I'm a much better listener than a singer. <laughs> but what about the drama? <laughs> oh, I stayed away from musicals. 
if I had to, if I end up on stage with a mic in my hand, it would probably be Faithfully Journey. Excellent. What a great choice. Classic. <laughs> you may have already told us this, but your favorite way to practice self-care sounds like maybe it's the photographs or the birds, the chocolate. It, uh, yes, all of the above. But I also, I, I have a treadmill in my basement with some of the time saved in my not traveling as much. I actually trained to run a 5K. Wow. Yeah. That's great. And my inspiration behind that was because with all the travel that I that I normally do, and I would sometimes get a little tired running between planes in the airport. Right. <laughs> so yeah. I wanted to not have that happen. Right. Plus, you're getting, I know how many steps you can get in in an airport. And it's hard to replicate that when you're working from home. <laughs> how to get on the treadmill. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's just being out in nature. I feel like, I feel it's very centering. Uh, and it, it just keeps me grounded, reminding me that there's a big world out there that I'm just one small little part of. I love that. All right. Who is one famous person that you would like to have dinner with? Romy, I think I'm going to cheat a little bit because uh, he's not famous to other people, but definitely famous to me. And I'll say my dad. Oh, I love that. That's my so nice. dad passed away uh, before I had the opportunity to move to the U.S. And I think just to have dinner with him and tell him where I've been, what my journey has been, and get his insights and his perspective, I'd love to do that. That's really nice. I thought you might say Nelson Mandela. Absolutely. In fact, I'd probably have to have a dinner party. Right. Uh, a few people. <laughs> love it. What book would you recommend to our audience? Ah, see, this is where the Nelson Mandela comes in. He has a autobiography, Long Walk to Freedom. Um, and it's, it, it's a marvelous book. And it tells the story of how he came up playing with sticks to becoming a lawyer, to becoming an activist, to becoming a prisoner, and finally becoming the president of South Africa. And it truly is the story of someone who had every reason to feel bitter and angry. But instead, he he chose to forgive and lead and inspire. And, and he did, he inspired a, an entire nation. And my mom actually met him once on a plane before, wow. before he became president. Yeah. Off, after his release and she shook his hand and she says to us that it struck her because he had the hardest hands, but the kindest eyes. And so to me just really speaks volumes. So his book is fantastic really amazing. And I agree. What a gift to kind of take hardship and return it with inspiration and forgiveness. Really incredible. All right, Carmen. So we at Fairy God Boss have a tradition. And, you know, what we observe is that one of the things that can sometimes hold women back is that we're not great at taking credit for our own achievements or our own capabilities. And so, so I true. ask everyone who comes on this show to brag I'm going to ask you now to brag about yourself, brag about an achievement or brag about something you know you're great at. So I think I would have to talk a little bit about my intuition at this point. Love um, it. Yes. Yeah. And I, I have a, an ability to really to read a room, interactions between people, gauge their responses and really adapt my approach accordingly. So I, I can see if somebody's withdrawing from something, whether it be a, a meeting or dinner or whatever, and, or if they're feeling left out, I, I have the, the ability to sense that and be able to bring them back in. 
or if a situation gets tense, I'm in a tough negotiation. Uh, sometimes I, I feel the need to maybe crack a bit of a joke and, and lighten the mood a little bit just to, just to bring things down. So uh, I think it comes back to that really observing and watching and, and, and listening and, and, and being able to adapt. That's, that's helped me along in my career as well. I love that. Thank you. All right, Carmen. So our last question is, what is the one piece of advice above all that you'd like to leave our audience with? I've received so much good advice in my career. Uh, It's hard to pick just one, but being that I've mentioned a few times here about being passionate about mentoring and championing women, especially early on in their careers, I'd say that if you don't believe that you should have a seat at the table, nobody else will either. That is great advice. Yeah. And I I think there's two parts to that. And the first part is really don't wait for something to come to you. Go out and ask for it and try to secure that invitation, secure that seat. And then once you have it, believe it, you should be there. I can't tell you, I've, I've been in meetings where somebody will enter a room they're like a shadow along the wall yeah. and they sit down and, and they spend their time taking notes and you just sense that they don't believe that they belong there. And then when they finally do speak up, they've actually lost some credibility because right. you weren't participating earlier. You weren't engaged. You the nonverbal cues didn't command authority, right? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'd say, listen, observe and find your voice and believe in what you bring to the table. I love it. Carmen, you are fearless. I've loved talking to you. And I love how you you said, okay, I'm the only woman in this room. And I'm not even going to let it change who I am. And I'm just going to persevere. And I'm going to find my way up in this organization. And I think that is amazing. And it's probably why you've helped make this organization such a great place for women to work now, make Continental Automotive one of the top employers for women. So... It's such a treat to get to talk to you. And thank you for spending time with us. Thank you, Romy. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I love what you guys are doing here. So thank you for letting me be part of it. Thanks for joining us today on Fairy Godboss Radio. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and visit us at fairygodboss.com. See you next time.